Hey, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Breakaway Agent. In a world where most real estate agents struggle to get ahead, there are a few who emerge and become wildly successful. This show is to empower, inspire, and educate breakaway agents, those pros who break away from the pack even more. So thank you so much for listening. And if you just even get one thing out of this episode that helps your business grow, that is a huge win. Hopefully you'll get a few to help you move forward. So right now, I just really want to give a huge thanks to Anthony Mullen, owner of The Collective, for being here today. Hey, Anthony. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for coming. Anthony um, Vollen began his real estate career right after graduating from UCLA in 2000. In 2006, Anthony went to manage and build Keller Williams Los Feliz and moved to Keller Williams Studio City in 2012 as a team leader where he recruited nearly 100 agents in just over 15 months and doubled the office's profit. In August of 2013, he went on to launch his very own boutique real estate company in West Hollywood, The Collective. Anthony, congratulations for being named the 2016 Realtor of the Year by Beverly Hills Greater LA Association of Realtors out of 9,000 agents. That's incredible. Um, I just loved reading your bio. Can I just, um, I feel like I kind of spouted off a whole lot of stuff and I skipped a whole lot of stuff. So how about in your own words, if you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm an LA native. I grew up in Los Angeles, went to UCLA, and just got into real estate right out of college. And uh, didn't plan on staying in the business and the industry forever, but you know, it's been over 15 years, and I'm loving it. And I've become more and more passionate about homeownership and helping you know more people become homeowners uh, through you know creating my own uh, real estate office and brand and through my own sales. So it's been a really fun ride and um, I can't imagine myself in any other business at this time. That's awesome. That's really cool. It kind of sounds too like in your journey, you kind of went, okay, I'm going to go do this. And and then you just kill it. And you're like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And then you just kill it. So it's, it's really cool. That's that's just me. Yeah. It's the only way to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You're, you're my kind of people. So do you have some, a knit, a niche client or property type that you work with? Um, a lot of the properties that I work with are through relationships and through my database. So through very close relationships that I have, um, and they happen to be, you know, all over LA, but I'd say probably, 75% 75% of my business is definitely going to be condos in West Hollywood. Okay. Awesome. And I know you do work with a team and I think, um, how many people are on your team? Um, well, with the team, it's, you know, our office, the collective, uh, we have 50 agents and we all really do help each other and support each other. Um, so yeah, I mean, you can say there's 50 of us working together to, you know, help all of our clients in our database. And do you have the one office in West Hollywood or do you have any other locations? Um, There's two locations. There's an office in West Hollywood and one on the border of Silver Lake and Echo Park. So it's not like a traditional office where, you know, agents kind of go to one, you know, one assigned location. Um, It's all flex space. So they can, agents can work out of the Eastside office or West Hollywood or um, there's no assigned desk. Everything is just open. There's always computers available and storage here. So it's just kind of like um, a free place for people to come in and collaborate and ask questions to their fellow agents and myself and uh, just have a place to work and feel comfortable. 
Awesome. And I read too, that you only hire about 10 to 20% of the agents whom you interview. What are some of the things that you're looking for in candidates? Yeah, absolutely. Like the culture that I have in my office is extremely important. You know, before I created the company, I created our mission, vision, and values. And one of the things that is, I'm just extremely passionate about and adamant about is the culture that we have here. Because, mm-hmm. you know, in our workplace, we're spending a lot of times more time in our workplace than we do with our own friends and family. And I want the feel of my office and my company to feel like the perfect family. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the type of agents that I bring in have to fit that. They have to be, first of all, they have to be learning based because I don't want any agents here who think they know everything. I want them to ask questions. I want people who are looking to grow all of the time because that's how I am. And that's how I built my business by constantly reading books, constantly asking questions and never assuming that I know everything. Just always assuming that I can learn more. Like, do you have training or do you have like a way that you kind of promote that? Yeah. And it's definitely our office. We do provide training and support and we have weekly sales meetings Um, but you know, as I'm interviewing agents, I can ask them, you know, in the past too, just in other things that they've done, like the questions on to find out if they really are learning based or not. And that's, you know, that's extremely important. So a lot of the work we do here at the office with the collective is, you know, a lot of one-on-one mentoring and a lot of sessions like that. Um, but also masterminding, you know, with groups of agents coming together and asking questions to their own peers who are in the field. Um, we do also support our local board and, um, I have several agents in my office who are directors for California association of realtors. So they're taking it to a whole nother level where they're really trying to support the industry in our state and learning about all of the different, um, bills and different things that are coming up that help homeowners or may hurt them and are actively, you know, trying to raise awareness of what those are and support whatever we can uh, to support our homeowners. So, you know, it comes at different levels. It's like, yeah, definitely you're trying to learn how to get a listing, but you're also learning about homeownership and our whole environment as a whole, the bigger picture, because without that, we don't have an industry to work in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's two important things. And I, I really wish more realtors would take that part seriously, the whole advocacy part of learning about, what they can do to protect home ownership. Because unfortunately, it's becoming more and more expensive to own a home. It's becoming less affordable. And there are things we can do, you know, as a realtor to talk to our local congressmen and senators and especially city council on what can be done to help support home ownership because our home ownership rates are going down. And in California, it's going to be less than 50% of our residents will be homeowners in the next couple of years. So to me, that's not acceptable. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I kind of got sidetracked on that whole learning thing because I'm just obsessed with it. And I love what you say about like helping protect your homeownership because I don't, I don't think that real estate agents as a whole, until you had some experience, understand the kind of leverage that the realtor body has um, when it exactly. comes to I mean, government. Yeah, they say that our our lobbying group and our um, you know National Association of Realtors is one of the, if not the most powerful and influential um, 
groups that we have to protect homeowners. And we have so much power and so much say in what happens with laws that are being passed that, you know, it's, I feel like it's our duty to participate in that. And I think our clients expect us to, and would, I would hope they, you know, they would do that because no one else is really doing it for them. So right. we have to do that. Yeah. So if you're listening, now you know. So beginner or if you've yeah. been a realtor forever, now you know that you have power in this. Start so. with your yeah, start with your local board. Find out what they're doing to, you know, support homeownership. And like I said, there are plenty of things you can do to influence your community and your city to help make, you know, housing more affordable. And I mean the number one thing is we need more development in most cities. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just not not quite as dense as we could be. I mean, I recently heard that Los Angeles was ranked 89 out of the densest uh, large cities in the world. So there's a lot of room for us to grow. And um, you know, they always say that there's NIMBYs, not in my backyard, right. uh, citizens who are always you know, protesting every development that happens. And unfortunately, if we don't have enough development to meet our demand in most of these big cities, prices are going to keep going up. It's going to be less affordable. And Basically, there's less wealth building opportunities for, you know, all of our residents. So, and if we don't have that, then we're not going to have our industry and have houses to sell. We'll just be maybe leasing agents. Not so fun. (laughs) Everybody will be fighting for the same 10 buyers, right? We we definitely definitely don't want that. Well, let's get back Mm -hmm. to, um, because that's awesome. And I could talk about this all day, I feel. But um, what, what are some other things that you look for? Um, when you're interviewing candidates. So we're talking, you want them to be good learners. Yeah, learning-based and just open to be able to help help other agents in the office because, uh, you know, we've all heard that, you know, 20 minds is better than one. And I want I want our office as a collective to, to be that, to be like that one powerful, you know, mind of all of our agents working together. Um, you know, it's an industry that's constantly changing. We all have different experiences that could help each other. And I think it's needed and necessary to really survive in this business is to have all the knowledge possible. So an so agent would definitely have to be the- open to sharing what they yeah. know about the market and how they're building their business, what's working, what's not working, all of that kind of stuff. Awesome. So when you sit down with There's an more than enough business, yeah, for everyone. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, there's, yeah, there's more than enough business for everyone. So, you know, exactly. if you as an agent are kind of in somewhere where you're feeling alone, get with a group of agents, create your own mastermind, get 10 agents and do it like a monthly lunch or something where you can just brainstorm because it will make a difference. And, you know, that's what I want our office to be, is that powerful like group of minds that just we're all in tune with every, with, we all know what everybody else knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I can see, I guess I'm trying to break down, like, um, it sounds like that's kind of your vision for your office culture. So when you, when you have, when you've hired and brought people on, that's what you want it to look like. But when they come to you and like, let's say you have a younger agent, um, what are some things that you would tell, or let's even, we could even speak to like who, what you would tell your rookie self today so that you as a new agent could be hired at the collective? What are some things that, um, I mean, being, being um, you know, where, where they are open to learning, I mean, that's really good. But so do you interview them and ask them those things? What do you think are the top three things that you ask questions of a candidate for when you're considering bringing them on and separating them out from the 90, you know, 80 to 90% who don't make it? 
Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, a big part of it is really going to be their drive to succeed in the business and why are they entering this industry? Mm-hmm. If it's because they love houses and you know they watch a lot of HGTV and they just they they love everything a realtor does and I want to work with buyers and show houses, blah blah blah. Uh, a lot of people get into the business for that, and that's not the right reason. <laughs> um, sure. So that's not somebody that I would ha- I would <laughs> work with <laughs> if they're. <laughs> I, I mean, that's it's just it's not enough. Right. Um, they'd have to understand why we're in this business and how important home ownership is, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's extremely important to me. Um, also, you know, how dedicated they're going to be, how many hours they're willing to spend as a rookie those first couple years, you know, at least in LA, you can't build a business working, you know, 30, 20 hours a week in this business. It's just, it's impossible. You know, our, our local board has 10,000 agents. Mm. Um, there's just way too much competition. So, you have to you have to put in the time and you have to put in the time you know to really building relationships is what i mostly teach um you know luckily in our industry we have studies that show us where does business come from you know um in california this california association of realtors asks buyers and sellers every year what um where did you find your realtor and you know, 75% of the answers are, it came from either a referral from a friend, somebody I knew or past agent. So to me, 75% is coming from people they knew, people like, you know, as an agent, somebody that you knew, some type of referral, it's coming from an agent's database. Mm -hmm. So database is number one by far. Um, Of course, you know, open houses and internet lead generation are all great ways to build business, but it's not the number one by far. Mm -hmm. It's a way that, you know, can work. But, you know, I I really make it clear that like most of the business today, and I think moving forward, especially as more and more discount brokers and online brokers start coming into our game that are charging less commission, you know, it will take up some of our business. But the people that will stay with you are going to be your database, your close relationships. So, you know, as a rookie agent, a mistake I made was building a huge database of every name, every email I could get. I would attend fairs and all kinds of stuff and just try to collect emails and names and phone numbers. And it didn't really work. Um, What works is having a smaller group of people that you have close relationships with that will go out of their way to refer you somebody that they know and here is going to be looking to buy or sell. So I teach, you know, specific, more specifically, like as a rookie agent starting, you need to have 300 relationships, 300 people in your database that you're close enough to that they would invite you if it was their birthday out for drinks or a bite to eat. Mm-hmm. So that's the goal is to get to 300 people that are inviting you out to some type of special celebration or event with them. Um, and that's not easy to do. It takes time and you have to learn how to manage your time, learn how to build, you know, people building skills, relationship building skills um, to get to that point. But that's, that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah. And it's so relational. So have you found any tools that help you like, cause you talk about, cause time management and then managing these relational things that are kind of messy, like you, it's very hard mm-hmm. to make it systematic. But are there tools that you've found are helpful in, you know, helping it be manageable 
um, you know, yeah, where you're well, able to sure. automate any of it? Yeah, no, I totally get it. I don't believe in really automating anything and, you know, mass emails that get sent out. I don't believe that that does much for our business. Um, but, um, you know, I've managed offices of 200 agents in the past and I've had the ability to kind of look in the back end of tools that we provide them, all these great contact management systems and who's using them, how often they're sending stuff. I could see everything that everyone's doing. And what I found was almost no one was using them um, because, and I would ask them why I'm like, these are great tools for you to help your business. And most realtors aren't detail oriented people. Mm-hmm. They don't have the time. If you're going to be a successful realtor, you know that you're very quick pay, very fast pace. You're a big picture type of thinker. Those are typically the people that I see who succeed at the highest level in this business. And if you're that type of personality, a database system will drive you nuts. Um, so, you know, having an assistant to help you manage something like that will eventually work. But honestly, we could do quite a few deals on our own without an assistant helping us with our deals. So not that many people who are in our business are really at that point. So what I teach most agents, um, is something extremely basic on how to stay in touch with your database without having to use a complicated system. So I provide all of my agents with constant contact just so Mm -hmm. they can store their database. They can divide it into groups. We can send out emails when we need to and newsletters and do all that kind of stuff. There's an area where as agents are talking to their clients or database and um, that there's a place for them to take notes. So um, what I teach them to do is I'm like, you studies show that we need to talk to our people in our database who are not just clients or past clients, but just anyone who's in the position to like you enough and trust you enough to give you a referral. Those are the people who should be in your database. Um, They need to be spoken to or had a conversation with four times a year. So in order to do that, um, I say call call, text, do whatever you need to do to have a conversation with these people um, by starting with two letters of the alphabet each week. So call everyone or text everyone in your database with A and B, whose last name begin with A and B, week one. Week two, talk to everyone in your database whose um, last name begins with C or D, and then so on. And if you do that, you'll get through the entire um your entire you know database four times in the year. It just works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. So it's something that you can just write in on your day planner. You know where you're at. If you are gone for a week, you can make up a week the following week. Um, it's something that you don't have to have a system for as far as on the computer where you're inputting so much data and you're trying to set up reminders for every single person and you meet a new person and when should they be contacted again? It's just a very general way of staying in contact with everyone you know. And most realtors aren't talking to their database four times a year. So if you could get on that system, you're going to be way ahead. So after they speak with them, um, I also request that they write them a personal note to say, Hey, it was great talking to you on the phone. I hope you have a good time at your family reunion this weekend or whatever they're doing. Just, you know, write three or four sentences, put your business card in there and you're done. Um, and that alone generates so much business. Um, the really emails, you know, we do you. send, but it's like, it doesn't generate as much. It's very, 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 very small turnover. Yeah. 
Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying, it just seems like a really straightforward and practical way to do it. Like whether you had a spreadsheet yeah. or like you said, tag them in constant contact or, you know, I know we use active campaign, same thing. I mean, that's, it just seems really straightforward. And I always hear the best CRM is the one that you use. So, you yeah. know, regardless of what it is. And so, um, you know, I've seen this, this AB system work for um, a few other, like really not a lot of agents because I've only seen really high performing agents use it and it's always kept very, very simple. In fact, um, the most recent person I talked to about it, they used a spreadsheet and same thing. It was just, you know, that two letters of the alphabet each day thing. So, yeah. And like people talk down about, Oh, spreadsheet is not a contact management system, this and that. No, it's not. But if you're using and you're making calls, you're probably doing a lot more than most people are. Mm -hmm. And it's probably enough to get you to the next level. You know, when you maximize out on that, then yeah, you might need to have a more complicated system. And by the way, that's, that's not the system I use if I meet somebody at an open house or a client. Like you have to have other follow-up systems, um, you know, for people like that. Uh, For me, internet leads were never a big source of my business because I'm, like you said, I'm not a a super detail-oriented person where you have to have, you know, a hundred leads to get one possible buyer or seller. And that's a lot of follow-up over a lot of time that I just was a headache I couldn't think about dealing with. And it wasn't for me. So if you're going to be building your business that way, then yeah, you need to have a different system of following up with all these people. I mean, some of it's going to be drip campaign stuff and some of it's going to be actual calling and texting and whatever other way you want to message people. So, you know, it's going to depend on how you build your business. But what I found that the cheapest way, the easiest way, the most successful, the fastest way is doing it through people you know in relationships. Mm-hmm. And your awesome. deals are more fun that way because they're people you know. You don't have to put everyone in your database. You're putting people in who you have something in common with, you know? Yeah. Um, not just a random person online that, that you met that wants to get the best deal for a house or is trying to cut your commission rate. You know, all my deals that I have are 3% commission because they're all people that I know and that trust me. They're yeah, not random it. people that are trying to get the best deal. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's better for your bottom line as well to work with people you know. Right. Well, and there's such a big, it seems like right now, um, anytime I hear anything about, um, you know, I, I've I almost done with the book um, Profit First and whether it's that or like any number of books I've read, it has, they talk a lot about firing bad clients, but, and not mm-hmm. having to do that if you have a better qualifying system in the first place. And I think that what you're talking about right now speaks directly to that where, you know, you're working with people that get where you're coming from. This isn't about, you know, like they value you as a trusted advisor versus a transactional, you know, commodity. Yeah, exactly. Most, um, I think, you know, most of our consumers are not seeing the value in a realtor. And that's why those are the people that are going to some of the discount brokers. And, it's not finding a house. Anybody can find the house. You know, that's a part of it, but we do so much negotiating with that first offer and getting through the escrow and request repairs and all of that, that that's where our value comes in. And that's where we help make money for our sellers or save money for our buyers. Um, it's just, you know, and that's how by being, like you said, an advisor, you know, mm-hmm. if they see us as people who are advising them for a huge wealth building opportunity, 
then that value is there and they'll, they'll respect you and they'll always come back. But if they just see you as somebody doing a transaction, you're worth nothing. You know, there's no need for you. And we do have so much knowledge where we are saving and we are making people a lot of money and it's a needed profession. And, you know, I just hope that realtors understand that and respect that enough to not mess it up for everyone else in our industry, because we need to get that value proposition out that we are, you know, wealth building advisors for anyone who's buying or selling a property. We're not just finding them a house. You yeah, know? exactly. Well, and um, before this interview, um, I had asked you a few questions and you had mentioned that you're passionate about letting other agents know um, if there was one thing that you could tell them, you wanted to let them know that they should really know their market and their competition. Can you expand on that a little or a lot? <laughs> Um, (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, you have to be in this competitive market an expert. You have to be the economist that your clients go to, the the financial advisor that your clients go to. You have to put on a lot of hats. And then of course we all know we're psychologists too, getting people through (laughs) escrow. So (laughs) there's a lot of roles that we play. Um, and you need to, you really need to, um, and, you know, understand that, that you're going to be this expert. So, you know, understanding your market, every single neighborhood is different. Um, you know, last night I spent a couple hours with one of my agents who has a listing that's been on the market for more than a month, which is like, oh, wow, it's more than a month in LA now that's getting to be long. What's going on? But our market's changing. And, you know, I'm like, like um, we were discussing earlier that, it's changing at such a quick rate. Our study we did was from July to now. In July, there was almost no price reductions. Now, more than half of the listings are being reduced. Mm-hmm. The price per square foot has gone down more than 10%. Days on the market has doubled just since July. And yes. you know, if you're not looking at your stats and your numbers constantly and specifically for the area you're working in, you're going to miss something. Because you can just feel the market on how kind of it's going and what you're seeing. But that's not necessarily the true market. You know, there's a bigger picture out there that we have to understand and we have to know and educate our clients on before somebody else does. Because Mm -hmm. if someone else does, they're going to be that trusted advisor and your competition is going to take your listing or take your buyer away from you. Mm -hmm. So that's extremely important. Um, Talking about, you know, your company's maybe versus another or your business versus another is important too. Um, You know, we had uh, one of our agents had a farm area where um, a company, Purple Bricks, was, you know, kind of starting to dominate this area. And we're like, well, you know, why is it happening? They're charging less commission to the seller, but are they actually making the, um, the sellers more money? And, you know, as we did our study on the MLS, we found out, no, they're not. Their sellers are losing a lot of money. They're leaving probably 8%, um, you know, on the table. There are other agents who are selling properties are selling them for... You know, eight percent more. The list price, the sale price was different. The days of market was double. Like there was a lot of things that were happening that you need to know as an agent. If you have somebody com- that's competing with you in your farm, and those stats, you need to show, you know, very specifically to your clients so that you have a shot at the table. And if you didn't know that, all the clients going to be looking at is, oh, you know, it's not that hard to sell a house. I'll use a company who's going to, you know, charge less commission and be done with it. So, you know, whether they're charging less commission or not, it doesn't matter. It's just knowing the competition and how you're going to be able to outperform your competition. 
you know, as that wealth building advisor, how are you going to be able to make that seller more money than someone else? So fully understanding your competition and your market is, is essential. You know, our market's changing. It's changing from a seller's market to a buyer's market. This is the most important time to understand the market and your competition. Um, a lot of people got away with, you know, just having relationships and putting a house on the market and having it sell. Well, that's not the case anymore. And, you know, our markets always go up and down. So now's a great time to, to hunker down and start studying your market. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take a little more work. Yeah, definitely. But hey, once, yeah, it's like I always see too. It's like, yeah, it's going to be a lot more work and more competitive for a while. But the agents that thrive at this time, once the market changes and goes back up, you're already on top. It'll be so much easier for you later, and you'll have, you'll have you know so many more um, you know opportunities to sell properties later. That'll be much easier for you because you'll be seen as that expert, and the other people will have left the business or just haven't been able to you know survive. So now's a, now's an amazing time to just become a master of your of your market. That is so true. You know, um, my husband and I got, we were in real estate in the early nineties, you know, and like I mentioned before, um, you know, we were in it for you know over 15 years and, and I a hundred percent agree with you. I think right now the agents who really hone their skills and, um, do break out of the pack and, you know, take the approach that you're talking about. It is, that's, if you can make it in a tough market, because all you have to do is a good job. Like that's all you have to do. And then you kill it. And then all of a sudden the market picks back up like it always does. And then boom, boom, yeah. there you are at the top of the heap. And, you know, so it is, I agree with you. I couldn't agree more that it's a great opportunity right now. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, um, yeah, it's kind of an exciting time. If you're, if you're one of those people who are ready to, to just to work and focus and, if you really want to be in this business long-term, now is an amazing opportunity. And I, like I said, I can't imagine myself in any other business. I don't know many other places where the harder you work, the more money you could make and actually mm -hmm. double your income in a year. Like how many other opportunities are there out there? Like this is one of the very, very few and it doesn't cost a lot of money to do it. And there's not a lot of risk. It's just your time and your effort. And that's why I want to make sure we protect this business because it's creating our agents such an amazing uh, opportunity to build their own business. And, you know, it's, we're at a point in our industry where that could change very fast unless our agents are starting to prove to our clients that we're those wealth building advisors, forget it. We're done. Yeah. Find another we, job. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know in the position that you're in, um, you mentor a lot of agents, you coach a lot of agents. From, from what I've seen and what I've heard, it seems like you're really passionate about it. And I know, um, you know, I've coached a lot of people and I always feel like I wish I could, even in marketing, I was like, I wish if I could make you do these three things, it's just going to, you're going to kill it. Um, what are three things that you feel like that when you look at agents, even the successful ones that you're just like, ah, I wish I could just make you do this, this, and this, and, and you're just going to break through the glass ceiling that you're under. Um, it, it, it all goes back to database to me. I mean, the number one thing is call your A's and B's this week, call your C's and D's next week. Every sales meeting I have, I bring it up. And every meeting, I know that everyone's not doing it. <laughs> um, it's like the one thing that I'm like, it's an, if you have 300 people in your database, it's going to take you about an hour a day. Mm -hmm. So one hour a day to 
like hone in on your business and create those relationships and make them stronger. It's not a commitment. It's nothing like, (laughs) but people aren't doing it. Um, you know, and it's like just that one thing alone is huge. And I mean, if you are calling people and you are doing that, then the next step is making sure like, okay, if it was their birthday, are they going to, and they're going to go out to, you know, have a dinner with some friends or have drinks or they're having some kind of event at their house or would they invite you? And mm-hmm. if there's people in your database who wouldn't invite you, or you're just like, we're not that close, then those are relationships you need to work on and build stronger, figure mm-hmm. that out. So, you know, number one is just call your people, yeah. <laughs> you know, number two is get that relationship to the next level. Mm. Um, you know, to a stronger relationship. And then once you have that, the third thing, it's like, gosh, we all have people in our database who have given us referrals or who are in a position to give us more referrals that we're just not, you know, treating it better than others. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we should be spending more time with them. Not everyone needs to be treated exactly equal. You know, there are some people in our database that you should be visiting more. You should be talking to more. Um, and, you know, like divorce attorneys, financial planners. I mean, we have tons of business managers in LA, um, wealth managers. All these people are in a position to really help. Or it's just maybe somebody influential in your database, someone who knows everyone. You know, those are great people to just take that relationship to the next level. And we forget about it sometimes. So we all have opportunities to increase our business by not having to spend a lot of money and just putting in a little bit more focus, maybe not even working more hours, just more focus on your hours of what you're actually doing to, you know, make next year the best year yet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. So um, now in your own business, I really like how you're so committed to growth, whether it's, you know, financially or, you know, learning or your role in society. Um, but financially and, and like your business goals, even, um, as a high performing agent and a really uh, solid performing company, what are one or two things that you struggle with today when it does come to growing sales? Uh, good question. Um, I mean, for me, I'm going to be 40 soon. So I feel like energy (laughs) is is, is a big thing. And it's like, I don't have as much energy as I did 10 years ago. Um, You know, even five years ago when I started uh, the collective and that's important, you know, and that goes back to diet, to exercise, to sleep, to managing stress and all of these things that have nothing to do with real estate, but everything to do with it in your business. Mm. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it, it's becoming a more and more of a challenge. And I know there's so many people out there who have families and kids and all kinds of things that just can drain you. So managing, I think energy levels so that you can just think clearly to mm. figure out how am I going to do what I need to do to grow my business and take care of my family and be able to give back to society and so on is it's a big deal. And it's something that I think is not talked about enough in business, but it's kind of the core of everything. You know, when you're young, a lot of us, we just have it. We just need to focus. <laughs> but as you're getting older, you have to make sure you keep the energy level up because this is yeah. a business that takes a lot of energy. So for me, it's always something I'm trying to deal with like, 
okay, <laughs> I need yeah. time and I need time to do this. I need energy to even want to do it. And um, you just have to reflect on yourself. You know, take time to do you know, that. It's funny. My husband and I were talking about the same thing because, you know, we both run our own businesses. So I, you know, I, I feel you. And we have the same kind of hustle as we ever had in, in real estate. And we were talking about the exact same thing, how, you know, when we're feeling like, you know, we don't feel, I mean, and really, if you even think about like even making the calls or anything, like you have to have the right state, you know, you have to feel like doing it. And, you know, there are tricks you can do. And when they're all kind of done, it's like, okay, I guess, you know, if only I had the luxury of only worrying about my weight when it comes to how I eat and exercise, you know, now it's a matter of, am I even going to feel like working and performing at a high level? I mean, so I think what you're saying is like right on. Yeah. You understand. Yeah, and it's like it's it, it's not them. worth exactly. It, it's not worth being in this business unless you're gonna set to do great things and really have a business at a very high level. It's not worth it. Right. It's too stressful. There's too many you know things that go on. It's too um, unpredictable. If you don't have a strong business, it's not worth it. It's like you're either gonna be in this business and you're gonna achieve amazing things and do it at a high level. Or don't do it because you're going to drive yourself crazy. You'll be able to make just as much money and have, you know, a job at Starbucks where you get great benefits and you just smile at people all day and have nothing else to worry about at night. And you can do fine. You know, most realtors aren't selling that much or making that much money. And you have to take that into consideration. Like, are you a person who, who is like... Take your ego out of it. There's nothing wrong with working at Starbucks. It's mm-hmm. how are you going to provide for your family? How are you going to live a life that you want to live? Like if you're, you know, passionate and really wanting to travel and do different things with your life, how much money is that going to take? What type of job do you need to have to do that? Mm-hmm. And whatever it is, it is. But in real estate, it's like it's so it can be so it can be so overwhelming that unless you're performing at a high level, it's not worth it. So you're either all in or do something else. Right, right. It's or, not made for it's not meant to be for everyone. Yeah, exactly. But boy, when when you're when you're working that hard, it sure is an adrenaline rush. So It so, is, and it's exciting and it's like yeah. I see, you know, my agents their attitude and their face when they're in escrow and when they're not in escrow and it's it is exciting and once you do start get things rolling and you get a good check, it's like you're more motivated and your energy level is different and all of those things. It's like your whole quality of life is different. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you've got to be all in or, or get stop out. stressing yourself out. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what have I not asked um, that maybe I should have? Is there anything else that you'd like to share? Um, it's kind of interesting. I was just at California Association of Realtors, uh, like their state event. I'm I'm heading up to Boston this week to go to the National Association. And one thing I've been hearing more and more is that more and more people are getting kind of frustrated with um, how much of our data is just out there. Mm. Um, You know, I heard the CEO of Compass speaking and I I get the feeling like they're going to stop sharing data with people soon, but Mm. who knows what will happen with that. Um, Our office, we haven't syndicated with, Truly or Zillow for a couple of years and it hasn't affected our business at all. Um, and we did that as, you know, as an office, 50 agents voted and every single one said, you know, we don't believe what Zillow is doing at this point, especially when they started to, um, sell directly to investors and basically taking one agent out of the picture. 
that, um, you know, that could be a game changer for a lot of markets. And, um, you know, once that happened, we're like, well, let's stop syndicating and see what happens. And we just believe that not, um, for buyers out there, they're not searching only one site, you know, they're using their realtor, they're searching other several sites to find that property because there's just so low inventory that they don't want to miss anything. So we haven't seen any hesitation from our sellers or, um, prices we're getting or days on the market change or anything since we've been doing that. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with data and our listings moving forward. Um, because that could be something that really, you know, changes our industry as well. So, yeah. That's interesting. I am a huge foodie. And I think I told you before the podcast that um, I also have a marketing, a straight up marketing podcast called Chat and Grow. And and I always end, whether it's for real estate agents or just businesses in general, I always end with this question um, because I love food and I especially love food in West Hollywood. (laughs) Not that your answer has to be West Hollywood. I know you're also really passionate about downtown, but um, what is your favorite dish and restaurant? Mm, good question. Or I should um, say, what's your favorite dish and where? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Italian, so I love food. Um, but I'd have to say there's a place called um, Angelini Osteria, uh, kind of near the Grove. And they have a lasagna verde that is my favorite dish anywhere. <laughs> oh, my awesome. gosh. Yeah, you have to try it. It's on like their starter menu, but it's it's a good size. You could probably have it as like a lunch or a meal, uh, but it's amazing. That sounds yeah. delicious. My husband we and I, we go in and we actually order, we usually order a couple appetizers and maybe an, an entree, but we do small plates. So we just like eat every, you know, share everything. Anthony, thank you again so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks everybody for listening. Anthony, you just gave us some really good takeaways all over the board. I mean, usually there's some kind of theme and string of answers related to one thing, but I love how you just pull a lot of data, but you also, it seems like your business is so relational. So you have a lot of data for all that relational business, but um, thanks again for listening. And remember the best is yet to come. Breakaway Agent is produced by OMH Agency and hosted by Tiffany Youngren. A special thanks to production assistance by Taylor Hill, Dwayne Youngren, and Miranda Youngren. The song Beside Me is by Youngren Music, and a special thanks to our audio production advisor and engineer, Alex Youngren. <laughs>